where Sony gets hacked. Two podcasters come together to discuss the events and guess at how it might have happened. I'm your co-host, Max Zeskis. And my name is Matt Thompson. If you like what you hear, please go to our website at in-security.org and comment on what you hear. If you like pina coladas or getting caught in the rain, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Insecurity Show. And email us feedback at in-security.org. Matthew W. Griswold Thompson. How are you doing, buddy? Super dupes, buddy. What's going on with you? What's news? What's exciting? Happy holidays unto you. And to your family. Not to you, but to your family. They will appreciate that. That I'm leaving you out of the happy holidays? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, as one does. I'm usually usually happy enough. Oh, really? No, I'm a grumpy, terrible little man. Yeah, you could have fooled me. So how you been? I've been good. I've been great. What's new? What's news? What isn't new? Nothing. So uh, I guess to our listeners... Uh, apologies for uh, the squeaky chairs. Matthew has since remedied the situation. So, Matt, any follow-up from last episode? Uh, there was a new article that I sent to our show notes CAPTCHA device. I don't know if you had a look at it. It was a little bit about the the wildly popular Adblock Plus. Which we recommended last show, I believe. And how uh, the various different ad companies are getting together and getting ready to try and make a lawsuit against them because they're ruining their business. But the reality of it is, and this is what this whole article is about, is that you're, you've now got a movement against these terrible, terrible invasive ads. I use ad blocker and I mostly use it to get rid of the invasive ads. I don't mind so much an ad that is passive and sits on the page and isn't blocking good content that doesn't start blaring music at me, mostly because I'm just trained to ignore them. Right. But then the article goes on to talk a little bit about Adblock Plus's own sort of business model, wherein they will allow unobtrusive ads or ads that are obvious and ads that claim that they are ads and stuff. It's a really interesting read, and we can uh, post that up in the show notes. Why don't we have a follow-up section in our show notes for this week, and you can find that at... In-security.org slash EP032. Fantastic. Do you have any follow-up? Well, I was just thinking, there's been some events in the news of late that started off seeming a lot like an advertisement in it of itself. Whereas a small little company known as Sony Pictures Entertainment had a big breach. And the suspicion was that people had hacked them because they were going to put out a movie about killing Kim Jong-un of North Korea. I don't know. I just keep hearing stories that try and tie it all back to that movie, this uh, upcoming film. Right. So it seems like a great advertisement bit, right? And uh, it also seemed like a very hackery type thing that could have been a, a movie plot. But surprise, it's real. So a little bit of details about this or a whole show full of details, I should say. Oh, we should do that. Yeah. This is a good show. Put that in the in the notebook for next episode. <laughs> Tonight, let's talk about movies. Excellent. No, sorry. Go ahead. 
I like sneakers. If you've been living under a rock, you might not have heard, but uh, Sony Pictures was hacked by a group calling themselves Guardian of Peace or hashtag GOP, and they compromised Sony entirely. I've seen articles, we'll link to articles that speak about them getting hacked back into the Stone Age, which is very interesting. There's a lot of speculation on this, and typically I don't like to talk about a story until we know some more details about how it happened to help people. But in this case, it was such a complete compromise that really, I mean, this this becomes a new level that people need to think about uh, when they're doing their disaster planning, because this was basically a computer disaster that took away the computers from a high-tech filmmaking company. It was total. Like, everything was compromised, and it just kept, uh, or it still keeps coming out with more and more information on what additional things have been compromised, what additional things have been leaked, what additional news and information and fails, and uh, it's crazy. So I think we're doing a bad job setting this up, and we should probably try again. Okay. So Sony Pictures Entertainment, which is a division of Sony, but a completely separately maintained company, was compromised by this group calling themselves hashtag GOP. People have extrapolated that to be guardians of peace, and a lot of this is you know still evolving, and we have to go on some of the information and some of the digging that people have done. But allegedly, the Guardians of Peace had sent a note to some people at Sony saying, look, we're in your network. We've got access to your files. We've taken some information and we'll make it public unless you meet our demands. And nobody knows what those demands are. So Sony ignored that. And then eventually, Guardians of Peace group, I assume, Completely shut down Sony. So all of the desktops had a splash screen on them and they couldn't be used. And all the files on the systems were being systematically deleted in the background. Do we know that it's Guardians of Peace? That's what every article I've seen has said. I've seen articles that say uh, this media outlet has been in communication with the Guardians of Peace. And that's what they call themselves. So I don't know for sure, but... I guess so. Nobody's heard of this hacking group beforehand. So the Guardians of Peace had completely compromised the workstation. Sony had to say, look, everybody, go home. Turn off the computers. Don't connect to the wireless network with your bring your own device. Right. Just just leave. Shut it down. Come back in a day to three weeks and we're going to sort this out. (laughs) That's what it says between a day and three weeks. I mean, for any company to be out that much time would be very scary, right? For for Sony, they've got deals going on. They're coordinating things. I, I, I imagine that it's got to be a lot of money lost every day. And this also specifically being the Sony Pictures, you would have to kind of assume that they're probably still in production for movies and whatnot. Right. To have to temporarily pull the plug on everything. This is costing... Big, big bucks per day. I'd imagine so. And there was a message on the desktops that they would be divulging the information that they had stolen from Sony on November 24th. And so 
they had also put out in the public a listing of the files that they'd seen, just like a directory listing, right? If you go to your Windows Explorer or whatever, right? They just basically that list of files that were there. And some of those files, people were going through them, man, they were, they were very damning files, right? They had like a document name saying that the password for the file in the file name <laughs> was so-and-so, right? So that somebody can unlock it. And it had titles of files like Angelina Jolie's passport and stuff like that, right? So pretty significant files. It looked very damning, but nobody knew if it was really that or not. So come the deadline, out go these files. There's something like 25 gigabytes of information on like the employees, contracts, just 25 gigabytes of sensitive data on tens of thousands of Sony employees, including social security numbers, medical and salary information, stuff that you don't want getting out. There was also something like 12 terabytes of media stolen from Sony of unreleased movies. So there was an Anne of Green Gables movie that was coming out that is now circulating around the Internet. It sort of really makes you wonder what the demands were and how ridiculous they must have been. Apparently, there were scripts that were compromised, things that Sony has that haven't even gone into production yet. Movie scripts. And you can imagine how, how much of an issue that would be. If before the movie even starts getting made, if everyone has access to the content of the movies, especially when you get into something like the movie industry, where every time someone tries to make a big blockbuster movie, all these little houses keep making sort of knockoffs to try and get people to go and see something that's similar or related. Now you've got the exact content. Right, right. It's bad enough that you see like, Iceland instead of Frozen on like Netflix or whatever it's called. Yeah. Right. That's bad stuff. Uh, So Sony hired a very famous forensic investigation company to figure out what happened. This company is called Mandiant and they're known to be involved in all of the big data breaches. Right. When it's beyond the capacity of, of a corporation to deal with themselves, they call in the big guns. And these guys are still probably going through all of the forensic information and trying to piece together exactly what happened. But they've come to some conclusions. Part of the malicious software that was used that wiped everybody's workstations was very similar to stuff that's been seen before. Uh, Specifically, the things that was wiping out South Korean banks. And the fact that it so closely resembled the attack on the South Korean banks, which was thought at the time to be propagated by North Korea, along with the fact that this was at the same time when North Korea said that they would get back at Sony for making a movie about the attempted assassination of Kim Jong-un, it seemed like maybe North Korea are the people behind this. But North Korea has denied this. North Korea says it was a righteous hack, but it wasn't them. So then... When they're doing forensic investigation on the malware that was affecting Sony Pictures, they noticed that it was customized for the Sony Pictures environment. It had hard-coded passwords that were being used, and those accounts and the domain in which the accounts were associated with were only in Sony's environment. So the thought is, well, these people have been there for a while. 
or perhaps it's an insider that's attacking and that has all this inside knowledge. I don't buy it. There's a few things that have happened in the past with Sony Pictures that I think is makes a much more likely story. And there's also something that happened at the same time as this hack, just a few weeks earlier, that kind of make me put two and two together and come up with a different story. So let me regale you with a story of how Sony was breached. Strap yourselves in, kids. We're going down story lane. (laughs) I don't know if you remember, back in 2011, the PlayStation Network was hacked. And it was this hacktivist group had done this, uh, named Lulzsec, I believe. I don't think it was anonymous. I think it was Lulzsec that did this. And it was in retaliation for the fact that Sony was suing this guy for for starting the process of reverse engineering the PlayStation. And he was able to basically circumvent some of the protections that Sony had put into place so you could start to play pirated games on the PlayStation itself. So Sony was suing this individual who went under the moniker of Geo Hots or George Hots, who had found a way of starting to unravel how Sony had copy protection involved in their system. He was doing this as a hobbyist to try and figure out how people could make their own games and put it on the Sony platform without going through the legitimate thing. And Sony was very worried about people pirating games and then using this to to play pirated games. So they had sued him. And this hacker collective uh, had said, that's it, we're taking down Sony. And they had managed to steal millions of PlayStation Network accounts. And so Sony actually had to go and reset passwords for every individual, send out emails to everybody. And then they chose to credit people with games on the PlayStation Network. It also affected credit card numbers, which were stored there. That wasn't enough. Then other branches of Sony were being hacked. And that's where we discovered that Sony, as a brand, has all these different divisions that are maintained completely separately under different IT groups. So that means there was no central computer security group for Sony. And part of this breach was Sony Pictures. And it was claimed that they lost something like a million passwords. But in reality, 37,500 user credentials that were stolen. Now, my guess is that one of these credentials got into the hands of the GOP folks and was probably one of those passwords that isn't forced to change. And they had a regular user's access to a system and they were able to get there remotely. Then, two weeks before there was evidence that this hack happened, Microsoft came out with a patch for Active Directory Kerberos. We've talked about Active Directory in the past and Kerberos is the authentication mechanism between a system and the domain controller. And the vulnerability that they patched was a critical vulnerability which would let someone change from a regular user account to whatever privilege they wanted by manipulating the the group's setting within the Kerberos ticket. So what these people could do is they could say, yeah, I'm this user and my permissions are domain admin. I can do anything. And the reason why I think this is because the things that they changed, the delivery of software across all of the machines the execution of that software at a specific time, the 
changing of the background images and the ability to get everywhere within the network, including the HR systems where all this data comes from, would be very easy to do if you're a domain administrator, right? Active Directory is the place where these settings are held. And Microsoft patched this vulnerability with a note saying that we're seeing limited use of this in the wild. And I have a link in the show notes that actually talks about a Python script that was developed and that a security researcher was testing and confirmed that this actually did work. So the tools were out there. The passwords had been breached beforehand. Sony Picture Entertainment had something like three security analysts in total as their security team. These things were going unnoticed. Apparently 12 terabytes left their network and nobody noticed. Like that's a lot of data. That would take a little while to get out. And then the malware that was used, these people don't have to have been the creators of this malicious software. They could have just tweaked it slightly for the environment in which they knew and had the passwords for, and then executed it across all the workstations. So there's my theory. That's a pretty good theory. Because the work effort that would have been required to do this against all the workstations without using Active Directory... It's just the path of least resistance. But so you're, you mentioned already the, the forensics guys. Yes. And so far from the information that has been released, there's been no mention of initial intrusion, right? That's right. There's no mention of initial intrusion. There's a press release that Sony Pictures actually made, and they had quoted an email from the owner of Mandiant, Kevin Mandia. And what they quoted him saying is, Our team continues to aid Sony Pictures' response to the recent cyber attack against your employees and operations. I want to take a moment to provide you with some initial thoughts on the situation. This attack is unprecedented in nature. The malware was undetectable by industry standard antivirus software and was damaging and unique enough that caused the FBI to release a flash alert to warn other organizations of this critical threat. In fact, the scope of this attack differs from any we have responded to in the past, and its purpose was both to destroy property and release confidential information to the public. The bottom line is that this was an unparalleled and well-planned crime carried out by an organized group, which neither SPE nor other companies could have been fully prepared. We are aggressively responding to the incident and will continue to coordinate closely with your staff as new facts emerge for our investigation. Sincerely, Kevin Mandia. So the Sony guys, the the CEO of Sony is putting this out there saying, hey, we got hacked by something that couldn't have been stopped by anything. And there there was no chance for us. So that has two messages there. One, antivirus isn't the best at detecting a unique threat for an organization. It's not going to catch this customized malware. Because it's customized. There's no signature for it, right? right? It, it differs significantly from the stuff that's out there that's infecting, you know, the, the low-hanging fruit stuff. Second, there's some hints here in that it was like an unprecedented attack in its nature, right? It was to destroy property and release confidential information. So, I mean, we've seen those things in the past. That's not really unprecedented, Right. So my theory is that the timeline that this was over is the thing that's unprecedented. Obviously, an insider threat is not unprecedented. It happens all the time. 
which is what leads me to believe that there was that compromised password from the previous hack and that somehow a password got overlooked or there was a pattern recognized within the password files that said, okay, this person is just changing a number at the end of the password or whatnot. Sony apparently had a very low password complexity in their environment. So it's very easy for someone to reuse the same password if they're forced to change it or have very little complexity to it. Apparently they didn't have that whole like you need a number, uppercase, lowercase, letter, and special character associated with it, which we've suggested that people do in the past. Because they said, hey, we're a special kind of business and we don't want to prohibit anybody from using a computer if they lock out their password. It's downtime we can't live without. Well, guess what? You're living with downtime. And the downtime's a little bit bigger than that one dude who couldn't remember his complex password. Absolutely. And man, you got to think that some of these employees whose personal information was scattered out over the Internet, right, with all of the sensitive stuff, social insurance number, address, name, date of birth, you know, medical information. You got to think these people are going to have a terrible life. There's already cases where people have been using this information for identity theft. One guy had immediately put in credit monitoring. And he saw that two credit cards were already either attempted or successfully taken out in his name. That's mayhem. That's madness. And if that's one guy that's done that out of tens of hundreds, tens of thousands, how, however many it was that were there's compromised. There's like 8,000 8, employees, I think, that are active. And then there's some historical stuff from another couple thousand employees. Oh, so like the eights of thousands of people that were compromised. <laughs> Another side note, but something that I think is mildly interesting is every time there's these high profile, large scale compromises, then what ends up happening is all of this information that's released out into the wild helps other future attackers know what to look for. Because anytime you have a giant list of things that, you know, 8,000 different people have used for passwords... That just builds and increases on all the potential passwords that people regularly use. And it sort of gives you a general idea uh, or people who are malicious can then take that and build that into their password libraries and stuff like that. Very true. Maybe that bit of the lulzsec leading to this is far-fetched. Maybe that wasn't the foot in the door. Maybe there was something else that was a foot in the door. But the results are the same. And that's a very good point. There's these password lists that are huge. And if Sony Pictures Entertainment had really poor security practices for passwords, putting convenience so far above security, then they probably didn't have something like two-factor authentication to get into the network. That's just my guess, but they also had bring-your-own-devices that we know. While we're going down story lane, let me give you my theory. Sure. Michael Linton, the CEO of Sony Pictures Entertainment, signed up for uh, like one of, those, one of those survey cards. He got a survey card at a restaurant, and then he had to sign in and create a username and password. So he used the same one that he uses to log into his network when he signed up for the Arby's to leave comments about how terrible he, what a terrible time he'd had. And that information got out and they used that. That's my theory. That's a very good uh, route. That's a very good route as well as that somebody was using the same username and password somewhere else. Uh, All right, fine. I'll take that. But I doubt it was him. I doubt it was him as well. Michael Linton, one, two, three. That's my, that's my password everywhere. 
there's other details that are very interesting. One of the leaks of the, the directory listings for information that was taken, one of them was how they're going to react to a breach, right? So the, the details, the steps that the security staff are to take in event of a breach. They also had contracts on insurance in case of a data breach. And that was also leaked? That, w- that was also, uh, I assume, leaked. I don't have access to the contents of what was leaked, but it was allegedly compromised at least. So yeah, the the document title suggested that it was within the list of stuff that they got. Hmm. So very interesting. And, and it might not be clear to people what that insurance is for, but essentially the, the risk management practices say that if there's a risk, you can either deal with it or get insurance against it. So that they probably did what they could affordably and then said, Anything else is going to cost too much money for us to actually fix. So instead of us fixing it, we're going to get insurance in case that happens to cover us in that event. That poor insurance company. Yeah, poor insurance company. But there's limits to this. And I doubt that they had scaled the insurance, the appropriate amount for the impending lawsuits from celebrities that have their personal information here, like the passport of Angelina Jolie, if that was part of this, right? nor the employees that are going to be permanently under the veil of identity theft. Right. So that, I think, is what makes this story so interesting. What do you figure the deductible is on that? <laughs> Depends how much they got, but uh, probably 100000 What then can we learn from this? As it's still going on, what can we learn from this? What can we take from this? Do we have any quick thoughts, any immediate thoughts until we do our follow up show? Sony, the aftermath. I have a lot of a lot of thoughts on this and it's hard to get them all out uh, in a timely manner. So it demonstrates how important it is to have a robust network that separates vulnerable assets from important assets. So the HR systems might have been separated from the other users' systems. And that might have limited the impact there. (laughs) Their crown jewels, their intellectual property, right, of their scripts, if that had been controlled differently on different systems, they apparently were all on Windows systems. So, you know, one Windows problem across all those systems, this is something that can happen. Patching. If it was indeed that Kerberos vulnerability and this wasn't the initial group that was compromising it in a zero day capacity before there was patches. You know, they could have patched this quicker and been more safe right? and, and maybe not been vulnerable to that attack. It, but that's just one of the many patches. Password complexity, uh, better monitoring of these things. Certainly, if 12 terabytes of data is leaving your network, that should show up on a network graph somewhere looking at logs. Right. That would be helpful in situations. Also, the organization, when they when Sony got breached and their multiple systems, so uh, PlayStation Network, Sony Online Entertainment, Sony Ericsson, Sony Europe, and Sony Pictures, when they got breached back in 2011, they're all separate companies. They never banded together as a, a single entity under a single security governance they didn't have a, a centralized governance over everything. There's power numbers, right? Three people can't do it alone. It's just, it's just not enough people to look after 
a company like Sony Pictures. So if they had pooled their resources and got better detective capabilities on the outside, uh, more people looking over more systems, then they probably could have done a better job at detecting this in the first place and dealing with it before it got to this point. But there's still more to see. Still more to see, still more to come. We'll find out, hopefully, a few more details because this is definitely something very interesting to, to watch and to follow. On that note, in theory, when there is more information, you can always check out. We will try and keep up to date on this. We'll potentially have either follow-up in one of our next shows, or we'll have more information on the on our site in security.org. But man, it keeps being these 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 breaches that'll keep keep us in business. Yep. I'll tell you what, you try and have yourself a good week. Thanks, man. You have a good week too. It's been a pleasure.